Hi, and welcome to the Fem Factor Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura. And Dr. Nicole. This is a place for women just like you, desiring to learn, be inspired, and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity, and aging, to mindset, high performance, and cycle syncing, to intuition and healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. All from a lens that is based both upon the latest health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology, empower your intuition, and embody your magic. Welcome back to the Fem Factor podcast. Laura and I are so happy to have you return with us for today's very special guest in my life, Dr. Kimberly Rose Pendleton. She is a intimacy and pleasure coach, but she's actually so much more. She has a seven-figure business called Uncover. She has her PhD and a master's from Divinity School at Yale. And she is one of the most fun people and one of my closest friends. And I'm just so honored and excited to have you here, Dr. Kimberly Rose Pendleton. Ah, Thank you. Best intro ever. I'm so excited to be here and just so happy that you guys started this podcast and are leading these conversations. It's all just so good. So can you tell us a little bit, I mean, you have such a story and I don't know where you want to begin, where you want to start, how you know, what you're feeling like really delving into. Um, but there's so many juicy bits. Uh, and so, yeah, we would just love to know more about you, how you got to where you are. Um, and a lot of who our listeners are women who are entrepreneurs, who are high performing executives, who are also interested in health, um, and feminine energetics as well as masculine. And I feel like you embody all of that so much. So wherever you would like to take this conversation, we will follow along. Hey, great. Yeah. I love the freedom. I think that, um, you know, like one piece of the puzzle that might be interesting and relevant. And I know it's something that you and I have connected about in the past is just how much, the pleasure work, which is like such a huge part of my intimacy coaching and even the business mentorship, like just bringing more pleasure into basically every area of life, how dangerous that felt for me. And for so many of my clients, whether because of religious trauma that we carried or, just societal programming around, you know, frivolity and like indulgence and what it means even for women to invest and care about self-care. Like even that I've seen get a little bit lampooned like in recent years, just as this kind of like must be nice, like extra. And I think that like one place that I just love to like plant a flag in to start with is that like sometimes this work feels a little dangerous or like even a little radical and I think that that's not all in our heads you know like I do think that even for listeners who might feel like listening to this podcast is like a moment of indulgence or like 
you know, hiring the coach or buying the thing that they like. Um, yeah, like I just see a lot of reasons why we like don't necessarily like give that to ourselves. I, that is so powerful. And that's one of the first things I think when Nicole introduced me to your work, I, I kind of blamed it on like my Catholic upbringing. I was like, I don't know if this is for me, like this is uncomfortable because I don't think we always think about just that social programming uh, and like what that word pleasure means. Like my mind immediately, of course, jumped to like sexual pleasure. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's like my own garbage. Like there's lots of things can be sensual and can be you know, provide pleasure that have nothing to do with that. And it's very difficult, I think, for a lot of women to, to have that pause for a minute and think, oh, wait a minute, what, what is like, what does this actually mean to me? And what is just coming through from things that have been drilled into my head since the day I was born that I actually never even had the space to kind of explore and see what that could feel like. And I mean, maybe that is, you know, sexual, maybe it's not. But I think just starting that conversation and creating that space to say, just, you know, what, what if, what if there is this other piece of things that we're all missing? And that's why so many women are unhappy and feel anxious and depressed and like something's missing because we haven't allowed that space to kind of dive into it a little bit more. So if you're listening, you're not alone. That was definitely me. I st- I don't remember the exact post Nicole sent me, but I remember having a moment where I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's for me. Oh, and then maybe like, just because I felt that way, maybe it definitely is for me, I guess. So. Okay. Yeah. It's so interesting. I totally could see that. And actually, you know, one of the things that may resonate with somebody listening is like, I feel like even if I had found like my work when I needed it, probably the most, like as a young adult and like newly exploring, deconstructing my own religious background and leaving the marriage that I had been part of and like trying to figure out who the the heck I was you know if I had like found uncover I might have eventually signed up but I think I would have been really intimidated and also like I think I had an idea that some women were just like lucky like they just seemed to feel at home in their bodies and they had this like great life and maybe like a big love story and did work that like felt purposeful and I was just like not destined for that like I remember feeling that way like well I guess like I just don't get to have that And I think a big part of all three of our work and in the world just like the way we show up is being like, lies. <laughs> yes, you do. Like if you want any piece of any of this, whether it's health and longevity and just like feeling so good or whether it's that like, yeah, like deep connection to sensuality, falling in love, like all the things, like, I feel like we're all a stand for women having all the things. Yeah. And you mentioned two words that really struck me and probably struck our listeners, which is um, this work can feel dangerous and radical. And especially for the, the like the three of us here have a lot of degrees, right? We're pretty smart and, and over educated. And so it there's almost the sense also when we start talking about pleasure, when we start talking about feeling good, when we start talking about sexuality and sensuality, especially in places that is not 
typical, whether that's around aging or around high performance or around religious trauma, like to talk about sex and sensuality is almost like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, wait, there's got to be some in between things here. You know, what, what are these, who are these women that just think they can go out and start talking about this? And I know a lot of my kind of conditioning, whether it was religion, academics, right? We we all came from background of academia and the research and like that kind of fear, if you will, of people seeing us, like, why are they doing this when they have PhDs or other doctorates? Um, and why are they talking about sex and sensuality and pleasure and feeling good in your bodies? But I feel like this is our work. This is where we're really meant to make a mark in society because it's so needed amongst women in particular who are highly educated, who are overachievers, who are fucking exhausted and hustling all the time and have been told or have been um, conditioned to believe that these things are frivolous, that these things are indulgent, that they don't mean anything. And yet, and yet this could be really the magic tool that can catapult us into the next level. hundred percent. Yeah. And it would almost make you wonder if it's so kind of dangerous, like there must be some power to it. And I feel like all of us can feel that too, where it's like, well, the church and school and society wouldn't be working so hard to distract women from their pleasure if there weren't something kind of important there. And I think that like in different routes, we're all leading people back to that. And I think that in some ways, I mean, I'm so glad you brought up the academia side of it. And I see it with corporate women too, where some of the very skills that made us really successful in this certain area that were so reliant on our cognitive ability and maybe even like reliant on our ability to like suppress what we were feeling so that we could just keep working. You know, I feel like more and more I'm realizing that it's not just that I didn't have access to these tools I was like actively avoiding anything that would have brought me into my body anything that would have brought me into my pleasure thinking that it was like not what smart girls did and like definitely even aside from being like good it was like oh but I'm you know I live up here like I don't want to go down into my body like I'm afraid and I feel like that is secretly so common and I know that like a wave of us are turning toward, you know, different alternatives to be like, okay, I'm in pain and I don't know why, or like, I'm feeling anxious and I don't know why, or like, there has to be more than this. I followed all the rules and got the like, good job and I fucking hate it. So like, what now? And it's just, it's the perfect time to find us. <laughs> I I think you're onto something there with the following the rules piece of thing too, because that is something that a lot of women do to kind of get to a certain level of achievement, even more so than men. We're just held to a different standard. I'd like to think it's changing, but the reality is 
it's, it's more difficult for women to be out of the box and find success in certain sectors like corporate, like the academia versus the entrepreneurial world where it's, it's a little easier for us to just be ourselves. I think that's why we're all there. Right. And we're not in academia, <laughs> but I think a lot of the times in some of those settings, these concepts we're talking about, like the word that came to my mind when you were going through that was it's a distraction. Like we're taught up thinking that's a distraction. It's going to distract you from your goals, distract you from, you know, being a leader, from achieving something. And you're right. What ends up happening is we have women with all of the accolades, all the achievements, everything else. And they're, they're unhappy at the core, right? Like there's something missing and they know that whether that manifests emotionally or physically, but it, it's, it's there. And I think it's just a, it's, it's creating the space for these conversations for women to acknowledge, to say, oh, something is missing and that's okay. And I deserve to explore that and figure out where that void is coming from and how I can fill it in a way that feels really, really good. Yeah. You know what I love about that and what you just said that I feel like I haven't quite heard before is like, so often I feel like I see clients and friends interpreting their discontent as some kind of flaw. And I feel like what we're really getting at is it's like the most divine intervention possible. (laughs) And like the North Star actually being like, hey, wake up. You don't actually want this boring life with this stupid job and this like loveless marriage. You want more. And instead of turning in on ourselves, which I feel so many women do because we're trained to and just thinking like wow what's wrong with me like I have everything I wanted and I hate it instead I feel like we're saying like permission to see any area where you're feeling discontent as like the most divine invitation to fix it and to change it and you know I think something that is so cool about this moment is that I I feel like I really could like reach out for support in almost any area where I wanted things to be different in my life. And that is just, it's such a gift. Like I could just like open my phone and find an expert on the thing and then like hire them. And it's just, it's amazing. But it also kind of means, you know, there's not a ton of (laughs) reason not to, like there's not a lot of reason to just stay unhappy or in pain or feeling, you know, like unsupported, like we can actually go out and create that when we're ready. Yeah. And using that discontent, like you said, as a North star, um, it takes a a lot of vulnerability actually, especially if you're used to being at a higher level with success or work or any of that. And so to actually stop and and be like, wow, from the outside, everything looks really, really great. And I'm still not satisfied. I'm still discontent. I still want more. Like, that's going to make me look like an asshole if right. I decide to yeah. like, go get more. And instead of it, instead of thinking that way, it's like, no, this is our one shot. Like, I love the song by Eminem. Um, that talks about taking your one shot because you don't know what else when anything else is going to come. And uh, and so to to be brave enough yeah. to have the courage 
to get vulnerable with yourself in order to realize you have these questions, you have these feelings and to reach out to someone or it doesn't even have to be, you know, reaching out and hiring a coach, which is always a great thing, but it could even just be like looking up more information on this or finding communities or groups where you can get more support. And that has been one of the biggest eye openers for me and our work together, Kim, is just being able to get intimate with myself and knowing that my dissatisfaction, because being raised in high control religion, like you're always supposed to be happy. You should never be discontent. Like, and if you are, you better not say anything about right, it. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's like sinful to even think about having something better. Um, and then bringing that forward, even outside of religious trauma, just in general, in society, it's like, put your head down, stay in the, you know, rat race, hustle, grind, make some money. Maybe you get two weeks vacation. Maybe you have good sex once in a while. And then, you know, that's it. You're done. You die. Game over. And so I know that sounds a little bit probably extreme, but, but that's what so many people are that's how they're living their lives right now. Totally. I'm sure you guys have seen versions of this, but I saw something this morning that was like so heavy handed in a good way. It did really strike me. And it was like in three generations, everyone who knew you will be dead, including the people whose opinions you let keep you from doing what you actually wanted to do. And it was that moment of like, you know, of course, like I know this, I say things, I want to be brave every day, blah, blah, blah. But like, there's always a deeper layer of me being like, oh, right. Like, this is it probably, who knows, but at least this is what we have now. Like you might as well go for it. And I know that I've had this experience and my guess is all three of us have like the very things I was most afraid to do are usually the ones that I then get feedback about later. Like I've been watching and I'm so inspired. And it's like, sometimes people I had no idea I was even on their radar that they would ever care are like, watching uncover grow and like watching me put myself out there online whether they're actually like <laughs> meant to be in our communities or not you know one is like my old math teacher from middle school but he's such a supporter he's just like cheering me on and I think that like it is such a beautiful domino effect that we can all have on each other where like when we watch someone do something brave or we watch someone else be vulnerable, like you said, it's like something unlocks and we're allowed to, too. Yeah. It's like, you know, opening the door and then holding it open for the women who are coming behind you because it does yes. give, it like mutually gives everyone permission to do, do the brave things, do the scary things. And a question that popped up for me when you were saying that is I'm curious in the work you do with women, you know, as we talk about, you know, embracing pleasure and sensuality. And for me, the word that comes up a lot, I think is safety. Like, do you think that the concept of safety comes into play that a lot of women don't feel safe either in their bodies or just in their, I mean, is getting a little like, I don't mean it to sound like existential dread, but like unsafe in their human experience that they can't 
you know, consider that there's more like things can go deeper in this way that we're talking about? Oh my God. Yeah. I would say that like safety is a core piece of pretty much all of this in my experience. And even the things that I teach that are a little more maybe like fun and flip, like I have a course on flirting and honestly, safety is a huge piece of the conversation because that I think really illustrates on this micro level, some of what we're talking about around, like, if you're going to like put yourself out into the world, especially in this like invitational way, like, what is that going to call in? And I think that on, you know, that's, that feels like the worry on a small scale in the like immediate moment, but I think it imitates a much larger fear that's animating most of what I've felt and most of what my clients have felt, which is like, is it really safe to be seen? And is it really safe to be seen in like an even more alive version of me? Because I think a lot of us have felt that that brightness that we like deep down know is there, like we're, I think actually mostly afraid that we would be like too beautiful and too brilliant and too seen if we're like really being honest. And those are like the secret things that sometimes you can only tell like people like us, but it's true. Like we kind of know that there's this like amazing, like superstar in us, but like what is going to happen if we really let her out? And I've worked with clients on feeling afraid that like jealousy from other women would surface, that danger from men would surface, especially if they've got trauma in their past. And then back to the like existential dread piece of it, that just in general, you know, a fear that like, can the world really hold me in my full expression? Like I might break this system. And the truth is, I would say like that is kind of what happens. And it's like the more and more of us who do it, like the more we get to create a new system. So I have a lot of thoughts on, in some ways, the like practicalities around like safety and like turning your light on and doing it in ways that still give you control over your body and over your space. But I think the like, big, big picture is like, yeah, the current system probably can't handle you. And that is great because this current system fucking sucks. So let's just like explode it. And I think like there is no better army to take down the patriarchy than like a wave of turned on women. Mm, Mic drop. Right? We're ready. We're so ready. A wave of turned on women bringing down the patriarchy. Okay. I think our work is done with you here. Done. Yeah. The three of us are ready to go. You guys can all join us. And like the whole thing gets to get reimagined. So for those who are listening, I know a lot of them are probably like, oh, that sounds so good. And like, Oh no, that can't be me. <laughs> um, I would like for you to tell us a little bit about how sometimes 
your life needs to burn down in order to get to this point. And I think all three of us on here have definitely made decisions, huge decisions that like completely turned our lives upside down, whether it was leaving cults or leaving marriages or religion or, you know, going into some of us have gone into hiding even. Um, So like what, what do you have to say to women who are like, there's too much on the line. I know I need to do this, but I, I, I'm not ready. Like, are there ways to support themselves in order to maybe even if not now, maybe eventually make those decisions to really turn it up and get rid of what's not serving you. I love that. You know, for me, for so many years, I was really shut down around the question of like, what do you want? Like even that, not that people were asking actually, but if they had, like, I wouldn't have known really how to answer And I still think it's some of the deepest, hardest work that I'm doing with clients, like in the beginning, especially because they've been so trained to not know that like, even knowing what you want would be like, you know, step one in the path to your demise. So like, just shut it down. Don't want anything. And I would say that just starting to ask yourself that. And starting to like add in whatever little buffer your heart and soul needs to start to make headway on answering. So I like to add, (laughs) this is like such a former like conservative church girl thing, I think. Um, But like, if no one were going to be mad at me, what would I want? And that sometimes like unlocks it all. It's like that caveat. I mean, they are kind of mad. So it's not a real caveat, but it helps me get clear. And then, you know, like if I did know what I wanted, what would I want? And that is like a tricky one too, because, you know, it's still just like us in our own brain. But I often find that if I'm like, well, what do I want? Like, what do I dream of for my life? Where do I want to be in 10 years? What do I want from a marriage? If my first reaction is, I don't know. And for so many women, it is. In fact, some women get angry because like they've never, it's like, how am I supposed to know what I want? Like, fuck you, you know, and that totally makes sense. (laughs) But if you can just kind of like get in another way of like, okay, okay, okay. But if we did know, like, what would it be? And then another one that I really love that can be like a doorway into is like, if I knew for sure that me getting what I wanted meant everyone would get what they wanted. Like, then what would I want? And it's so interesting. I mean, I've met women. I think we probably all know women. Maybe we've even been women who couldn't even tell you like what they want, like for dinner, you know, it'd be like, I don't know, you pick. And it's just like such a, such a standard of like, they don't get to have it because like, they don't even know what it is. But when we start building it in of like, okay, my desire is actually like a compass leading me to the path that I was always supposed to find. It's not dangerous. It's not selfish. I don't always get exactly what I want, but I get a lot closer when I know what it is. And then what I find is like, 
it's a little bit of a momentum game. Like once you start asking, it is kind of like, (laughs) can't go back, a genie that can't go back in the lamp. So like, I was afraid to ask what I wanted of myself for many years. I think in part because deep down, I suspected the answer might be (laughs) to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And that was totally a burn down your life moment for me. I, I just love that that's what younger me did. You know, I can see some different things I might've said and done differently were the same things happening now. (laughs) But honestly, she was 23. She didn't know. Like the only way out of the situation she was in was to have a really hot affair and leave her church and get kicked out of two Bible studies. (laughs) And then start like a really sexy business. And you know what? I am just like, cheers to you, baby Kim. (laughs) Like it's not the most graceful exit that anyone has ever made, but it was like, so the one that she needed. And I think that it did kind of confirm, you know, like all those fears of like, well, if I start, if I open Pandora's box and I start asking what I want, like, it might ruin my whole life. And like, honestly, it did ruin that life. But if I could give her a window into like what, what we're up to now and this marriage and this business and like spending all day, honestly, even just getting to like sit here and talk to you two about this, like insane, like this life is a dream. And I think that it would have given her so much courage. Like, okay, okay, I'll ask the questions if it lands us like in Napa with a cat on my lap doing a podcast with these people who I love. Like, it's worth it. Yeah, you go, you go, baby Kim. You go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so true. I I think for all of us here, we had to go through these experiences of quote unquote burning things down to get to know ourselves better. And, you know, that question that women struggle with, what do you want? I think we, we had a guest on here recently, Suzanne, and she said, most women don't know what they want because they don't know themselves. So step one is you, you have to know yourself or how can you possibly, how can you possibly tell someone what you want when you, when you don't know yourself and what a poignant example of, you know, really what patriarchy is, is women not having the space to know themselves, to not be able to explore themselves that way. So when we make these, these changes that sometimes feel dangerous and radical, like that's really what, you know, bringing down the patriarchy is this isn't a conversation that like men suck. Women are awesome. Like, I mean, women are awesome, but there's also really incredible men out there who want women to be themselves, to experience all the things to be here. And it's just that, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of women haven't had the opportunity to experience without literally burning their whole life down. And what you just said about you being so happy that that happened, that really resonated with me because at the time when I was going through this terrible divorce from a complete sociopath and everything else, I was like, oh my God, my whole life got turned upside down in like four hours and 20 minutes. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're like, Oh God, that was a really not great life. Like that was not life. That was, that was something that I thought life was because I never had space to explore how good it could be. 
Um, and that's something that like, just when I hear women like you share your story, like you just didn't know how good it could be at the time. And like, you did what you had to, to get out of it and create that space for yourself. And what a beautiful permission for other women to just step back and consider like, do I know myself? Like, have I had the time to actually know myself and, and, you know, think about what I want and, and what possibilities lie out there versus what was taught to me that things were supposed to look like that they had to look like that. This was the only way things could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in your work, Kim, with women in, I mean, you do so much work on so many different levels, whether that's helping them with intimacy, bring more pleasure in also with business, you do have business mentorship. I mean, part of the reason why I started working with you was because I saw this woman with a PhD who had a successful coaching business. So she was smart and interesting and like really making waves. Um, And that was part of like the lighthouse, you might say for me, especially when I decided I didn't want to go into academia. And so can you tell us a little bit more, like if people are wanting to work with you, maybe talking a little bit more about community and how important that is. I feel like being able to have a group, whether it's a Facebook group, or even I know some of my friends that I've met through your world, like we have a monthly Zoom call and we just talk and we can talk about these things, about our brilliance, about our sexuality, about our truest desires that if we said to maybe just the average person in our life, they'd be like, what the (laughs) fuck are you talking about? You know, and yet we have these women and um, communities where not only we can say these things, but we are like celebrated and applauded and saying how well bragged that was and good job and show me more. And so I feel like that's a lot of what you have fostered in having such a successful business um, called Uncover. And so, yeah, can you speak a little bit more to that about community in that way? Because we all know like belonging in community is is important and we're all part of like 1500 Facebook groups, um, but, (laughs) but in this capacity. Oh my gosh. I'm just like really receiving this too. Like my greatest like aim is that people would like connect and find, you know, like who they're like meant to be with, including me, but also each other, like in my spaces. And I brag, it happens again and again. Like I connect soulmate, best friends and collaborators. And sometimes people who are like meant to trigger each other into both people growing, but like, it's just such an example of something I really, really value. And it doesn't work unless people actually are open to it, which takes so much vulnerability and courage on their part. So like celebrating you guys for actually doing that and like prioritizing that and allowing it in. But yeah, I think it's something that is kind of unique to uncover, but doesn't need to be like, it could be everywhere. And I think eventually it will be, um, but it's taken so much intimacy healing. Like, I think that's why it's a little bit more present in our spaces because I know so many coaches who, I mean, and I so get it, 
they'd be jealous. Like, oh, like everyone's hanging out without me. <laughs> or like, oh no, like what if, you know, I don't even know. It's like hard for me to even like imagine I brag because I've like done so much work around this myself. But I think when you really, really know that like there is no competition, there is so much abundance, there is no problem with like, me highlighting and celebrating coaches who like, sometimes my clients are going to go higher instead of me or like, whatever, you know, whatever it is, then you're just like free to play. Because I really have seen, you know, community masterminds, retreats, like sisterhood, sometimes that starts online, but then when it can like, like turn into in real life, it's so special it has accelerated my success so much because yeah, like you said, like in my tiny town in Napa Valley, <laughs> there aren't like a ton of sex and intimacy coaches with like seven figure online businesses that I can just like go grab coffee with. But because of me, now there's like a steady stream of you all who visit <laughs> because it's like, okay, great. <laughs> now we're friends. And it does, it just makes you feel less bananas when you can be like, okay, you know, like I remember once a few years ago, I had a $40,000 month and it was low for me at that time. And that was an insane sentence to like say to a human, right? Because that is more than I've ever made in a year at any job before this whole thing. <laughs> and so the thought of like, who can I even both celebrate and like freak out a little to about something like this? Like it's absolutely bonkers. And then of course, when things are hard and like, it's a day where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I forgot my magic. You know, I feel like that's one of the things I love about masterminds um, and retreats and just groups in general, this thought that like mm, other people can like remind me in those moments where like I'm forgetting. And then like you said, the celebrating, like someone else who could be like, I saw your post. It was so good. It's exactly what you've like been wanting to talk about. Like, good job. You know, it's just so great. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that celebration piece just goes so hand in hand with this conversation about pleasure, about intimacy, like all of these other things, because I think so many driven women don't pause to celebrate. I know that's something I've had to really pay attention to, we'll say in the last year or so, like, oh, I'd like to just speed past all those milestones and like maybe glance at them in the rear view mirror on my way to the next mountain to climb. And but you know, if 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 we have a failure or something that is not successful, we'll we'll fixate on that a little yeah, bit. That <laughs> That's no problem. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, but what a yeah. what a more pleasant way to say, okay, well, all of that energy that I put on just a learning experience, which is what every setback and failure is at the end of the day, doesn't mean anything about us as human beings. Like, what if we poured that energy into celebrating the little things, the big things, the things that no one else will understand, because that that provides a sense of joy and pleasure that, you know, not to nerd out on physiology, like that's going to do more for your health than fixating on all of these quote unquote failures along the way. Like the brain chemistry changes, the hormone changes, like that's how we stay happy and healthy in the long run. It's not a diet or a supplement. It's giving our bodies and 
who we are as humans, what we really, what we really need. So thank you for all the work you're doing to help women kind of step into that and, and realize how dang important it is. I love that. I love that so much. So we, well, two questions. One, do you have anything that you'd like to invite people to right now? Um, well, probably in a month or so is when this is going to air, but like, how can people work with you? Um, and then we always love to ask if you were to tell younger Kim something, one piece of advice or, any, you know, maybe you, maybe you wouldn't tell her anything. Maybe you just sit back and be like, <laughs> bitch, you go girl. Yeah. <laughs> what would that be? I love this. Uh, well, thank you so much for the invitation to make an invitation. And um, I will say in September, we're starting the next round of the Uncovered Coach, which is actually the only time in the year where I teach kind of what, how I do what I do. So it's like the meta experience. But if anybody is already a coach and they want to incorporate intimacy work, or they just want to like kind of see the work from that angle. This is really great for that. And I'm excited for it. And yeah, it's interesting to think like, would I even like, would I tell younger me, like, go sign up, go find one of those graduates from the uncovered coach, go take uncover yourself. Or would I just like, let her do her thing. But you know, one thing that I would want to have known more deeply is that I could trust myself. Like, I really think that even now looking ahead and like, I have so many questions and I like so many things I want and I have so much still to learn and I'm messing up all the time, but it's like, I have this core knowing that like, I can trust myself to figure it out trust myself to get through it. I can trust myself to repair whatever gets messy. Like I can trust myself to handle it. And I, I feel that way now because of everything she did, you know, between the last 10 years and today. But if I could just like whisper that in her ear, you know, I think there would have been if not different moves, probably just like a little less stress. And like a little more knowing that like, it's all going to be okay. Some of those girls from Bible study are going to circle around and sign up for Uncover. Like, just give it time. Trust yourself. Like, buy a vibrator. Like, it's going to be just fine. <laughs> Such a sage advice for, for everyone who's going through it right now. <laughs> Well, we will make sure to share all the information about the Uncovered Coach certification and links to your social media for people to come and find you as soon as this episode airs. I know everyone's going to love this conversation as much as we did. And yeah, Kim, thank you so much just for coming on with us today. This has been definitely one of my favorite conversations so far on a topic that I think is just super important. And we just appreciate you so, so much. Yeah. Thank you. I love you. Oh, I loved this. I love you both. And this is just, you know, this is exactly what I was hoping adulthood would involve <laughs> like <laughs> this kind of thing. So thank you so much for having me. 
This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at dr.lauradecessoris and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni, or you can just click on the links in our show notes. 